This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to another episode of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin. As always, I will be your host, but today... I am happy to introduce my co-host for today's show, Mr. Ricky Widmer. What's up, what's up, guys? What's up, what's up, Nation? He's back on Behind <laughs> the Pen. I'm so happy to have him. We have a full show for you today, as always. Jam-packed with a bunch of stuff, some things we're going to talk about. Go Mate, Cubs, go, baby. The Cubs are on the brink of clinching. If By the time we post this podcast, they've already clinched. Hell yeah, because the Cubs are going to win the World Series. <laughs> and that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. So, also, Chicago Bears... We're gonna go into that. You know, this is probably gonna be a Chicago Homer show. I mean, if you're if you're not familiar with Behind the Pen, what else is new, right? All we do really is talk about Chicago sports and maybe some mainstay things and whatever the media, whatever. But stay tuned because we have plenty to talk about. I hope to entertain you throughout however long this podcast turns out to be. It's also a treat because we're gonna talk Chicago Bulls, and I know you guys love your Bulls talk, your NBA talk, and we're in September, so some NBA feel is nice. But all right. Before we get into our Chicago Bears conversation, we got to preview the Philadelphia Eagles matchup this uh, Monday night. It'll be really exciting. Home opener for the Chicago Bears. For that, got to plug our Patreon, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. You guys know the drill that you come on pod- Patreon. It helps us be- do better in podcasting. It also helps us entertain you more. So please do so. Any donation we receive, we truly, truly appreciate. We appreciate your time. And that's why we try and entertain you on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel at Most Valuable Podcast. Also on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod. I'm at Rankin906. Ricky's at Ricky Widmer, I believe. I don't really pay attention to him, even though he tweets me every yep, single day. At Ricky Widmer. So, Ricky, with that further ado, oh, we also have a new sponsorship that's working with us, too, and we're doing mm-hmm. these NFL picks every week. Yep. Ricky, could you please plug that for us? Yeah, all it is is if you want to go check out our weekly picks video, you can see what each of the guys at MVP, me and Mark in the video, everyone else on mostavailablepodcast.com. But we got this cool website, thesportpick.com. You can go join the league called mostvaluablepodcast.com and kind of go and pick games based on the Vegas lines against the guys from MVP to kind of put your sports knowledge against ours. I'm the leader from last week Okay, three and two. Not going to toot my own horn, but well, toot, 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 right but there. toot, baby. So here's what's going to happen. You can prove that you're more, I guess, more smarter, and that's not even the correct verbiage. There's a, there's a lot of commenters that think they're smarter than me. So well, they probably are. Put your money, put your fake money in this case where your mouth is. It's a lot of fun, guys. Just, you know, check it out if you don't want to. That's fine. We'll, we'll still be here for you. But all right, Ricky, let's get into this uh, Chicago Bears conversation now. I, I ask myself this question all the time. Why do I always have you on this show when you're a Skull Vikings fan? Yeah, Skull Vikes, baby. It actually makes me Skull sick. Skull Vikes. But the fact of the matter is the Bears are 0-1, just came off a Houston Texans uh, loss in mm-hmm. Houston, was not pretty. I thought you guys, well, I thought you guys were going to win until J.J. Watt said he was going to play. Once Watt said he was playing, I was like, well, see, it's, with a that conversation, like, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. Really, is J.J. Watt that much of an X-factor? Because like, No, but he warrants double teams and he of course, warrants more he, attention. Right, yeah. obviously. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But at the same time, it's like, really, this one player is going to... Obviously, the Bears had enough issues on on their own right. It was offensive, li- it was offensive line and then some mistakes from the Bears... Rookies, you know, mainly Kevin White in my fantasy league. Yeah, he's on my team. Pick it up, brah. We're going to talk about Kevin White here. I'm glad you brought him up because that is a definite conversation I want to hit on. Who's got to step up? Well, we'll get there. But I really, what I want to start with, if you guys checked out my Chicago Bears post game review, I thank you very much yeah. for doing so. Rankin's bear reaction. Yes. Bears reaction. And you know what? I'm going to be doing that every single week, so stay tuned to Most Valuable Podcast for that. It's and a lot I, of fun. And I think the name we're going to shorten it, it's Rankin's Bears reaction, but it's just going to be called RBR. That's RBR? What we're call it. Unless, unless Rankin comes up with a better name. That's your homework, Mike Rankin. Really? you got to come up with a name for bad that Bad ratio of, I don't know. Well, we could, we could do acronyms all day if we, <laughs> you know, we can figure it out. But, I mean, that's cool, I guess. But, yeah, no, thank you guys all for uh, checking that video out and listening to Behind the Pen. You guys are awesome. But what I, what I was talking about, really, my main concern with the Chicago Bears in week one was their offensive line play. My gosh, mm-hmm. we saw Bobby Massey and Charles Leno Jr. getting beat on the edges over and over and over again. And, really, that's the weak spot in the Chicago Bears right now, their offensive line, as well as, on the defensive side, their secondary, their jump inexperienced. But at the same time, on the defensive side, you feel a little better because you have Vic Fangio there. 
On the offensive side, you really don't have much help with Bob Messi at right tackle and Charles Leno Jr. So, Ricky, how can the Bears improve against the Philadelphia Eagles next Monday night, or this upcoming Monday? The biggest thing is for me, I look at the wide receivers and kind of I, I look at Kevin White and I don't want to focus in. We're on going one right guy. into Kevin White. Well, okay, that's I, fine. I don't want to fo- do that. I don't want to focus on one guy, but you have to help out Jay a little bit more because let's be honest, the offensive line is not strong. Jay's not going to have a ton of time. And on the one interception, I would love to sit here and bash Jay Cutler it wasn't until his I'm as blue as the shirt I'm wearing right now. Or as blue as the beats you're wearing because you're wearing my dre. Or as blue as my my eyes like the ocean. Going on, but Kevin White missed that route. He should have extended to the sideline. Well, yeah. That's what Cutler was looking for. It was a great interception by that Houston Texan defense, and I was happy because I had him in fantasy. But that's the thing. Jay Cutler needs more help because the offensive line is you've got a young center. And it, it's really a brand new center. Well, and it's one of those things where he wasn't even supposed to play center. Right. Your center got injured in the preseason, and now he's kind of forced into, he's kind of like a tackle playing center. Well, he was right a now. guard. He's yeah. A, uh, uh, Cody well, Whitehair. He, he's Cody a Whitehair. guard tackle. Like, no, no, no. He's versatile. No, no, he can no, no. play Co- both. Cody Whitehair can play center and guard. He's not a tackle. When they drafted him, he they drafted him as a guard, and they really didn't expect Josh Sitton to fall to the Bears. And right. they needed and him that, to play oh, center. What, what, a, what a gift Sitton was! Obviously, I mentioned mm-hmm. that in the video. But yeah, you move and this this regime, and you make you touch on a lot of good points. So I'm going to bounce off of that a little bit. But this regime right now, you see it with Ryan Pace and John Fox. They're rather going young instead of guys like Ted Larson. Mm-hmm. They're willing to get rid of Martellus Bennett. They were so quick on getting rid of Brandon Marshall in the first year under John Fox. So this is the new direction of the Chicago Bears. And with Cody Whitehair, he played a little bit of center in college. But obviously you're going to jump right in. Really, a week prior to opening night, you're going to learn the center position in the NFL. It's difficult. And we mm-hmm. saw him struggle on that fourth down exchange. The snap. The huge play that, that you know in the first half totally changed you know, kind of the complexion of the game in that mm-hmm. first half. So there's a lot of growing pains that we're going to sit through, and the biggest growing pain right now is definitely Kevin White. Kevin White, um, you know what? They when they drafted him, he was pretty much limited. Really, say in West Virginia, he runs seven routes. Right, there are seven route trees that he was responsible for running. He could only run mm-hmm. two. He could only run two of them. And you know what? Honestly, he kind of struggled running those two. And you know what? The way. The NFL is built now, especially with wide receivers. You see with Antonio Brown. This is the most obvious example. And I'm just bringing him up because he's so good at what he does. But these are the type of athletes. Especially his twerking. Stop. What he does <laughs> What he does off the line of scrimmage, you can't jam him. Mm-hmm. You can't do it because he'll just separate and just get right by you. And mm-hmm. he's got such a great technique in terms of running a route. And Kevin White, you look at Kevin White and it looks like he's totally, completely lost out there. And and you know what I have a problem with too. If we're on this Kevin White topic in the preseason, and I guess they were kind of limiting him because of injury concern. I guess if you want to call it, but he barely played. This is a guy who didn't who sat out all of last year. Yeah, you got to have him in there. Yes, you have to have him in there. And like, I get the injury concern thing, but it's kind of different. Like, I'm going to use my Vikings for an example. Yeah, AP sat out the entire preseason. But Adrian Peterson's not a rookie, basically a rookie, who has not played, well, up until that point, has not played a regular season game in the NFL. Adrian Peterson is a vet who it's like, you know what, we want to uh, we want to increase your shelf life a little bit so you don't have to play this pointless preseason. However, for a guy coming in who had never played a regular season game, you got to get right. him out there. You got to get him up to the speed because it's kind of like I know I heard I heard this listening to sports radio when they were talking about Dak Prescott and I think it can relate to this. Really in the NFL season there are three different types of speeds that you're going to see in well not 3, maybe 5. The first one's preseason. You're going to see preseason speed. Kind of just the game of football, it's different from college. Then you're going to see regular season speed. Then mid-season, you're going to see mid-season speed, and then towards the end of the regular season, you're gonna you're gonna be in that everyone's pushing for the playoffs. It's going to go up a notch, and from that notch, it just increases all the way through the playoffs because everyone's getting amped up more and more and more, trying to either make the playoffs, and then in the playoffs, it's do or die. 
So that's the fastest you're going to get. Yeah, it kind of uh, upset me a little bit knowing that Kevin White had no prior experience going into this season. And in the preseason, he was limited to so few snaps. Can I ask you this? Please. Does it make you a little bit uneasy because of what could happen with Alshon Jeffrey? See, now here's Could leave. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I'm Alshon Jeffrey and if, if, you know, this season turns out to be kind of a clunker, Right, but I mean, right now after one game, oh, stop, I know stop, it's stop. one game. There's plenty of time left for Chicago, but this is a team that is going to get better progressively mm-hmm. from week to week. And this isn't, you know, I go into this season super optimistic, saying they're going to win ten games. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, there's plenty of holes on this team that need to be addressed, and that they're trying to fill with guys that they drafted. But Alshon Jeffrey, man, this guy, if he puts together 14, 15 games, even 16 this season healthy, you see it. You see the repertoire he and Cutler have together. That is a dangerous combo in the NFL right now. Alshon Jeffrey is the number one wide receiver. Yeah, he had that really bad drop in Houston on that third down play, Mm -hmm. and it kind of resulted in a a change of the flow in the second half. That, That can't happen. Straight out, flat out, that can't happen. But Alshon Jeffrey is definitely worth the money, and I want the Chicago Bears, if he's healthy, to pay that man. But with Kevin White, you spend a seventh uh, overall pick on this man, and you see the type of talent within the wide receiver position in the NFL nowadays, and Kevin White kind of gives you this idea that he's not going to be up to par with all of these other guys. Now, I know... Maybe we're kind of jumping the gun, but these are some of the early signs that we're seeing, and it's concerning. Here's the thing, and I'm going to kind of move this into what we saw against the Tex- what the Texans and kind of what you're going to see this Monday night against the Eagles. This defense, I'm going to move to the defense of the Bears. One of the things that really didn't sit well with me was the performance of Wolf Fuller. Like, he came out and he had... A coming out party. Yeah. And you, it's not one of those things. Speed where, kills, and they well, will kill the Bears. It's this year. not one of those things where it's like the Bears defense did anything wrong. It was just he like beat Tracy said, Porter over and over again. Speed kills, and I look at this. I look at this Eagle team, and yeah, Jordan Matthews had, was the leading receiver, had most of the targets last week. But yeah, one I don't see ga- much. But one guy who had a touch a touchdown catch, which I was surprised about, and is pretty damn quick. Nelson Aguilar, he's a guy that I look to to have like a Will Fuller type of game. Just with I, if I'm the Eagles, I'm looking at that one play. It was a like kind of like a bubble screen with Will Fuller, where he just turned, Brock hit him, mm-hmm. got the blocks, and his speed got him. Yeah, down the that field. was awful. <laughs> like and and not just Aguilar, they got a guy in Darren Sproles. I know he's getting older, but. Darren Sproles has kind of been that, like, I kind of say scat back, where it's, hey, we're going to throw Sproles out on a screen and just let his speed kill you. Breaking, now let's, right, I appreciate you bringing up the Eagles because let's move on to this Eagles conversation because I'm sick of talking about the Texans game. Mm -hmm. That game is just done and out of the memory. Move on to the future, man. Leonard Floyd looked okay, and with this defense, now I'm looking, now, you know what surprised me? Before we get into this Eagles, real quick, I just want to touch on this. Mm -hmm. Leonard Floyd... Play outplayed in terms of snaps. Willie Young and Lamar Houston. That's Lamar, good. No, it's I, honestly. I see it from a young kid standpoint. Well, sure, that's and that's what we were reps. talking about before yeah. with the Chicago Bears. They're they're willing to really. Obviously, you want the older guys out there a little bit more, though. It's obvious in yeah. terms of snap count that Leonard Floyd is not better than Willie Young. He's not better than Lamar Houston, but you want him to be on the field. As much as possible, I guess. John, that's the John This Fox, is John Fox uh, turning this roster mm-hmm. over, creating his own identity, his own persona. But it's just insane to me that a guy like Lamar Houston and Willie Young are playing less snaps than a guy who's ineffective. And I guess, you know, whatever. Whatever the case is, I'm interested. You guys who's, who are listening, please keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on Leonard Floyd on the field. Keep an eye on how often Lamar Houston and Willie mm-hmm. Young are on the field. But on to this Eagles conversation. Which everyone will get to see because it's a primetime game this Monday week. Monday Night Football at mm-hmm. home opener. They better win. <laughs> you you mentioned um, the wide receiver play. Yeah, speed's going to kill the Bears this year. Absolutely. You're going to have to have help from the safety position, which is going to open up other players on the wide receiver and the other team, obviously, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I th- th- is this Eagles team, in terms of offense, I, I see, like what they're doing. You, you look at Carson. I like what they got. You look at Carson Wentz, and he absolutely obliterated that Browns team. 
I know it's only the Browns, but uh, and I know two little asterisks. I know it's only the Browns, and I know it's only Week One. But Mike, I gotta tell you, I told you guys, I told you so. Wentz looked good. I told you so. And look at the this Browns. Is, this is when we were talking draft coverage, and it was Wentz, Goff, Wentz, Goff. When I told everybody, hey, you know what? I like this Carson Wentz kid, not necessarily for what he's going to do his rookie year, but for the type of pro he's going to develop into, this is what I was talking about. Yeah, a lot of the uh, scouts and scouting reports that I follow and trust and respect their opinions have suggested that Carson Wentz was the most NFL ready. And I said this once, I'll say it again. You look at his ESPN kind of draft profile with all the numbers. ESPN, why? I know, I know. But if you look at his draft profile where they put all the numbers to the different attributes, cover up the name, then pull up Andy Dalton's from when he came out of college, the numbers were exact. And they have the same they have the same frame. They were the like the descriptions were eerily similar to where you couldn't tell who was who and they both have red hair. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles did very well. In my opinion. And in, really, he wasn't supposed to start. It was supposed to be Sam Bradford. Well, of course, and that's what I was getting yeah. to. They did very well to be able to trade Sam Bradford to your Skull Vikings mm-hmm. and in return got a very nice return. Yeah. A first round pick and, and then a conditional second even round. And a next. second rounder so, if the Vikings go to the Super Bowl. Well, how about that? How about that? And now in a, in a season where it's just like, okay, well, really, we weren't expecting to be among. Well, yeah. I mean, you, I guess mm-hmm. for, in the Eagles' sake, you you were a part of this NFC lease because it could be anybody's division. Right now, it looks like it's the Giants. The thing I see from that trade from the Eagle side and why they had to make it one, Eagle fans, you wanted Sam Bradford out of town. You know it. If you're saying you don't, you're just in denial. But number two, you needed to try to get a first from somebody because this next draft is going to be in Philly. With that okay. fan, with that fan well, base, you can't sit out that first night and not do anything. So it was a good, good way just to get into that night again. But bringing this back to the Bears, what yeah. the Bears need to do on this Monday night in regards to Carson Wentz is Wentz only got sacked twice. Got to get pressure to the quarterback. I was going to say You got to get pressure Absolutely. to the quarterback. Because here's the thing. Wentz got a start against a cupcake team at home. Torched him. Those are those are two things on his side. Now he's playing his first primetime game in a hostile environment in Chicago. First road game as a as an NFL pro. You gotta make his life hell. Yeah. That's what you gotta do. You gotta make his life yeah. hell and make him think, whoa, this is totally different than I saw last week. Yeah, and you know what? That's a really good point. Because last week, Bears fans, you saw it. The, they weren't getting any pressure to Osweiler. Osweiler had all day to throw. All day. And we saw what, what, what can happen with in terms of speed wide receivers. And the Eagles have a lot of speed. And the Eagles are creative on offense to give the Bears fits. But you're right. Bears got to come up with some way to get to the quarterback. Akeem Hicks has to show up. How many fingers am I holding up, Mike, right now? Um, One. Do you know why I'm holding up one? No. How many wins did the Bears have at home last season? Really? That's true. That is you true. You guys, the only win at home was your 22-20 to 20 win over the Raiders. Yeah, that was sad. That doesn't bode well. You were 1-7 at home. That's sad. That's the flip side. Well, it's probably because of the turf, the turf monster in that, <laughs> that Soldier is, Field. That's the flip side. If I list off the seven losses, Packers week one, Cardinals week two. Vikings. Vikings week eight. Broncos week eleven, 49ers. which is only that was only a two 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 point loss. The Niners week thirteen, Redskins. the Redskins week fourteen, um, and then week seventeen. Who'd you play? Uh, was that uh, this this quarterback the, broke his arm and beat the Browns back in the day? Just say it. The Lions. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say the Lions. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the final game of this year uh, determined the draft position. I was actually hoping the mm-hmm. Bears would lose because you know a top ten pick or whatever, top eleven. But that's another way I look. Like I say, like oh, you got to make Carson Wentz's life hell. But I know he's not. But me as an analyst, I look at it, it's like Carson Wentz has got to be thinking, oh, pfft, this team couldn't play at home last year. I got this in the yeah, bag. I'm not really got taking... it in the bag. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not really taking that much of a look at the home record of last year. Obviously, it's a different team. But, yeah, the Cubs. Are, the Cubs. I am thinking ahead, guys. The well, Bears, we're, look, we're looking at our phones right now, guys. No, nobody is. I don't know what you're talking about. What's a phone? I have a flip phone. We With the Chicago Bears, you know, this year, that's playing in Soldier Field. I don't know what the hell the, the deal was last mm-hmm. year. It had to have something to do with the turf monster. I'm telling you, that turf is brutal. Absolutely brutal. But, you know, at home this year. this is, gonna, is there going to be any difference? Probably, gonna win more home games. Yeah, I would say like three to four wins this year at home. Uh, I would expect them to win at home. You know what I mean? But you know, with this Eagles team, it's gonna be a very interesting test because the Eagles. I am still not convinced that they're good or bad. They're really up in the air right now. And the Chicago Bears. I mean, I guess they're signing towards a bad team getting better. But this team, I feel, is better than Philadelphia Eagles, and I feel like the Chicago Bears should come out with a win on Monday night. This week, what do you think, Ricky? As we wrap up this conversation, I in our picks video, I picked the Bears, so I got to stand by it. I think the Bears will win. However, this was a game, and I said it in our week two picks video this week. I wanted to pick the Eagles. I wanted to pick them so bad. I like Carson Wentz. I like what he brings to the table. I like what he's doing with Doug Peterson over there in Philly. Carson Wentz is my boy. If I could get a Carson Wentz jersey, <laughs> I would get a Carson Wentz jersey, probably the only Eagle jersey I would ever own. But I'm going to pick the Bears with a side of I wouldn't be mad if the Eagles won. Okay. Well, I appreciate you picking the Chicago Bears because they're, they're going to win, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. And we're, uh, we will end it on that note, right? <laughs> Super Bowl, Super, Super Bears, Bears, right? Shout out Mark Weber. All right, guys. Awesome. Ricky. You know what? I hate talking Bears with you because you're a damn Vikings fan. Yeah, but Skull Vikes, baby. This is a conversation that I am so happy to have with you. because We're you're on both, the right side of the table. We, this is honestly <laughs> really the only, I guess, opinions that we have that are very connected, I would say. Our with chi- a grain of salt. Our Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I don't know why you're so worried. I mean, these... I, Murphy's Law, man. Not just a goat. Murphy's Law. Stop it. Whatever will go... Whatever can go wrong Stop will it. go wrong. That's been my entire baseball history as a Cub fan. So if you guys haven't been paying attention, I don't know why you haven't been. The Chicago or, Cubs are the greatest... Or your name's Patrick. You live in Bikini Bottom where you live under a rock. Wow, Ricky... Spongebob references. It's a good one. On Behind the Pen. That's a good one. You may never come back. You don't like because SpongeBob? of that. I love Spongebob. Okay. Well, how, how dare you? <laughs> you if you're going to talk about Spongebob, we need something better than that, like Larry Lobster or whatever. Anyway, the Chicago Cubs are ready to win the World Series this year, and I firmly believe that. I've been saying that all year on this show. Going back to May, really? Mm-hmm. And, and, well, I guess they had a little scare in June, you know? I think even before the season. In, in, in July, I mean, they I were like going March, into the... March, you were ready to crown them champions. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? Especially After last with a healthy Schwar daddy. Well, yeah, that was, that was tough. But you see that they're going to win over 100 games without him. So that is something. That is that is absolutely something that tells you that the Chicago Cubs team is special. What's interesting to me, really, they had that struggle in July where they went five and fifteen or whatever, and we were pulling our hair out. We were like, "Oh man, they're not the best team in baseball anymore. What's going to happen?" Blah blah blah. We're in September. They're about to clinch, mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm not sure if they are winning tonight. It's five four right now. Bottom of the eighth as we're recording this right now. Okay, so if they win tonight, they clinch. If they don't. And the Cardinals lose, they clinch. I'd rather see the Cubs clinch on a win, but hey, they're going to get in. I know you hate him, so that's why I'm going to reference him. I'm on the same side of the table as David Kaplan at ESPN. It doesn't just, matter how you do it, just do it. Just get done. Oh, give me a freaking Just get break, done. That bald-headed guy. Just get it done. I don't care where it happens, when it happens, just get it done. No, it's going to happen. I know. Like and oh wait, when you saw these signs, it's going to happen. This is <laughs> this is a different Ugh. Chicago got, Cubs organization. And then, and then we eight got years swept later. by the Dodgers that year. Well, I, yeah, it was going to happen, all right. You, you know <sighs> what, Ricky? But I don't have to worry. It's not going to end that bad. I got to ask you, man. Why are you so concerned about the Chicago Cubs not winning at all this year? Well, it's not that I'm concerned. Like. This is a great team. This is probably the best no, Chicago Cubs team. No, it's not probably anyone's ever seen. It is the best Chicago because, Cubs because team because nobody's nobody's over a hundred years old that I have ever seen. However, there's just that that little piece of me that's very like, okay, something's gonna go wrong. See, now that's the mantra and I that's don't gone. Know what 
It's over, Ricky. It's not over until it's over. Ricky, that is in the past. No more of that. that it's I'm, not over until it's Ricky, over. Ricky, stop being so worrisome. Like, I'm telling you right now, that kind of ideal. Like I'm telling everybody that I know that once October 1st hits. going to be a wreck. I'm going to be. It is going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be some days where I'm really happy, like cloud nine. Then there's going to be other days where it's like end of the world, Ricky's on suicide watch. <laughs> Not really, guys. You don't have to worry about me. But <laughs> yeah. it's going to be like extremely high, extremely low, no in between, roller coaster up and down the entire way because that's how it's going to be this October because of the expectations you're laying on me about this World Series because I do see it. Yeah. I see it. This is the best This team. is a World Series team. And then there's also the thought of, hey, you know what? If it doesn't happen this year, it'll never happen. Well, no, stop. Ugh. Stop. Never happen? Come on. This team is built for sustained success, but this year is their best chance by far to win the World Series. And only because of the different dynamics that make up the Chicago Cubs of this year. Jake Arrieta, obviously, is one of them. Lester's actually pitching well at the end of this, well, towards the end of this year. Lester's having a very good season. Kyle Hendricks, the future Cy Young. He's going to win Cy Young. Chris Bryant's the MVP. Dexter Fowler's on a one-year deal, and he's going to earn his money next offseason. This is the team right now to do it. Boy, I would love God, to have could you imagine, like, imagine if Fowler actually went to the O's. No, oh, yeah. Imagine that. That would have changed totally the dynamic. dynamic. Absolutely. Who would be your center? Jason Hayward would be your center fielder. I mean, you would have Chris Coughlin, possibly. I mean, different things. Albert O'Mora would probably be up. Jorge Soler. Different combinations of different guys. But my gosh, you see the value in Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler, how what he has with the Chicago Cubs this year in center field as a leadoff guy. He's so valuable. This man is one of those. He he goes, we go, and that's the, that's that's Joe Madden. And I bring up Joe Madden. Because Ricky, you're so worried about the Chicago Cubs. You're I so love worried Joe. about I love Joe, superstitions though. and you know the go to 45 and the Black Cat of 69 and Bartman of 03 and the two sweeps in 07 and 08. That is irrelevant. Absolutely well, irrelevant. It's not really like I'm not thinking back to 03 or 08 or 07 or all these other years that I've just seen, like 98, 98. Like I don't know the Braves, the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers. The Marlins. I'm not mm. thinking about those. I go back to last year. And I know before you yell at me, <laughs> it's going a different to. team. I know that. And this team, like, I kind of feel like it's the same thing that Jack Del Rio said to his Raider team after week one. Last year we learned to compete. This year we learned, like, we, we're going to learn to win. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing from this Cub team. But I, I'm still scared. There are some teams... That still scare well, okay, me. Why? One of which being the Mets. Why? Dominant. Like they're they're starting I pitching. Ni- I have nightmares of Thor and Degrom and all of these pitchers yeah. just dominating us. Well, Stephen Matz won't be there. Matt Harvey won't be there. You have to worry about Syndergaard. Yeah, Thor. Like I said, Thor and no, Degrom. But he, those are the guys in my nightmares. Here's the thing: the Cubs couldn't hit good pitching last year. They couldn't, and it was obvious. But this is a, the, <laughs> you said it. This is a different Chicago Cubs team. And they're proved they can they can win the big games. Yeah, there are there are specific matchups that probably bode well for other teams like Mad Bum, Cole Hamels, guys like that. But in in the sense that right now you look at the uh, NL wild card, are you worried about anybody in the in the NLDS? Whether it's whether it's the Giants, the the Cardinals, or the Mets? Because I, I'm not. I am really like it's not really the only team that I'm worried about is until the World Series when they when they might have to face the Rangers. And that's only because of Cole Hamels in the rotation. Well, I'm not even thinking about the like. I'm not thinking about the AL yet, because I'm thinking about we got to get to the like. I've never seen a team of mine get to except for the '90s Bulls when I was a kid. Yeah, I have never seen a team of mine. Well, I mean, you could kind of count the Blackhawks, but I wasn't really a fan until that first championship. So I'm really looking Cubs Vikings. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen one of them reach a championship. And the only reason the Bulls did is we had the best player in the league. Best player so that's ever. A, just that fact, that that worries you? Well, it's one of the things where the Giants and the Mets worry me. The Giants because, this is going to sound stupid, but it's 2016. Yeah, I know. You know Even what happens. You're, you're, you know, you're in a, kindergarten right now analyzing this. But a, hey. a, you know what happens in even years. The Giants win the World Series. B, 
What if Baumgartner does turn it on? And I know you're saying, like you were telling me before the podcast, oh, I'd rather play him twice than three times if we wouldn't mm-hmm. see him in a seven-game series. But still, that's one where if Baumgartner turns around, wins those two yeah. games, that's game one, game five. Sure. Or game one, game four. Yeah. And with the Mets, I just have nightmares from last season, yeah. what that team was able to do to us. I look at the other side, the Dodgers and the Nationals. I'm not worried about those two teams at all. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers, to me, are a Nationals joke. Locks, uh, Strasburg. The Nationals, the Nationals, A, lost Strasburg. B, all we got to do is walk Bryce Harper, and they don't know how to beat Well, us. they have Daniel Murphy behind well, him now, so that's yeah, different. Yeah, but that's the joke. They didn't know what to do. Right. Joe Madden will do something where no, Dusty Baker will sit you. there and go, Duh, I forgot how to manage, guys. <laughs> I feel you. You see, I've been saying this all season, that the Giants scare me the most in the National League, and they're definitely, probably, most likely... Those are all spurs right there. Well, <laughs> Definitely, they're probably, probably, like, probably going to beat the Mets. And I'm saying, like, with the Giants, I'm I'm worried that with the Cubs, and they match up their rotation and their lineup. They're so balanced, but they're 20 and 35 since the All Star break. They're the worst mm-hmm. team in the second half by far, and this is this is insane with the Giants. I I, I just can't I can't fan their lineup is so stacked. You know, their rotation who, with Samarja, Cueto, Matt Bum, I really want to see. The team I really want to see in the NLDS, the Cards. They're the team I want to see because they're a team that, and I know you're probably thinking, well, Ricky. The Cards have the season series on the Cubs, don't they? They've dominated you like X amount of years in the division. Yeah, but I'm confident that we can beat them in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, they will. Because A, we did it last year. B, we're a better team than them. Well, it's because the Cubs can beat their pitching staff. Yeah. And, like, that's one where it's like, I want to see them, and they're only a half game behind the What gives me so much confidence with the Chicago Cubs is, is one, their pitching staff is the best in baseball with Hendricks, Lester, Arietta, and even Hamill. Uh, but Lackey, you're going to have Lackey over Hamill. And we're going to have another show on Behind the Pen here kind of previewing the playoff roster, but getting away from that, you can run with these four, right? Lester, Arietta, Hendricks, and Lackey. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty solid pit, uh, pitching rotation for the playoffs. I, th- I think even if, like, if you had to... If you had to, you could run three. You could just go Arietta, Luster, Hendricks, and make it work. Yeah, maybe have Lackey because, in the bullpen, but I'd rather have Lackey well, starting. Because here's what you can do, and in the playoffs— Don't even bring up Schwarber. No, 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 it's not Schwarber. It's, okay. This is with the pitching staff. We don't need Arietta and Luster we, to go— Are you on the Cubs? No, I'm saying the fucking fan base. Oh, okay. We don't need <laughs> to see Luster and Arietta— Go not or go eight, go nine, go eight. Chapman comes in for the ninth, like the old five we White Sox. Yeah, we don't need that. All we need them to do is go five or six. Yeah, because then bullpen. turn it over to the bullpen. Like, and what we could do is if we turn into the like three system that I talked about, if we absolutely had to, there's some days you can go. Let's say Arietta goes six, then it's Rodon. Blah blah blah. Chapman Rondon, in the ninth. Rondon um, and Strope. Grimm yeah. has had a really really good bounce back August and September. Or if it's one where it's Montgomery, like okay, Luster only went six. It's it's a close game. I don't want to go to those guys because I'm wearing those out. Lackey, give me three innings. As a starter, those guys can come out of the pen, give you not but not like a reliever that's okay. I'm throwing you in here for and one we know inning. It. We know it. You you we've we've watched playoff series over and over mm-hmm. again. And it's a different ball game. The way you manage a ball game, you could take out your starter. And that's why I like Joe after, Madden. After a four and a third, say say it's a close game. There's runners in first and second. You have Lester mm-hmm. starting. You can pull him. You can pull him in the fifth inning. Unless Joe West is your uh, ump, then you don't what a ma- turd. Then make sure the catcher can't go talk to the pitcher says, because that's a visit. Yeah, he says it's a visit. Well, you can't just make up rules on the spot, Joe West. Who do you, you think you are? You know what's the best about My that? Gosh. I know it's a little off topic, but you want to know what's the best about that? I looked at, I think it was a Chicago Tribune article, the quotes from Montero describing the yeah. incident, total confusion. Of course. Total confusion. And you know what, it, it honestly worked out in the Cubs' favor because Joe Mann got his money's worth and it allowed Chapman to warm up and give like, him time to warm up. And it kind of sounds like, to me, I know this is a little off topic, but I'm going to say it anyways, it kind of sounded from what Montero was saying that Wes kind of baited him into of course. going out and that's there. usually what happens. Like, Wes likes to ta- take him a show. on the shoulder. Yeah. Like, telling them to go out there, but, oh, wait, if you go out there, it's a visit. Yeah. 
No, I, I, and I agree with you. Nah, nah, that going, was ridiculous. Well, and that was like Kyle Hendricks' no hit, no hitter. Um, you know, the that was ninth right inning, after it got broken up. Ninth inning, gave up a home run. And it was just you know nobody's warming up the bullpen. You're going to pull your starter after that happens, especially in the Cubs situation where they're going to win. You know, they're going to clinch. They mm-hmm. don't need to use these starters. So, no, that's definitely definitely off topic conversation. But it happens. And it happens. But as we wrap up this Chicago Cubs conversation, I want to bring up this final point in Joe Madden. And when I say when I'm so confident in the Chicago Cubs and why they can win is not only because of their depth, their versatility, their consistent production. They have two legitimate MVP candidates in Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant, as well as a Cy Young candidate in Kyle Hendricks, who I believe should be the Cy Young. And if you look at him pitch, he's unbelievable. He's going to be. And the reason why I say that is there's a stat of um, for the last, I can't remember how many years, but I remember listening to it on Waddle and Sylvie for the X. X amount of years, the pitcher in the NL who came into September and led the NL in ERA September 1st has won the Cy Young. Yeah, it's just odd to me that Cy Young voters look at Hendricks and say, well, he's not this hard-throwing prototypical Cy Young Award winner when he's pitched to that level. But anyway. You look at number two, who's right behind him, though. Well, yeah. John Lust. Right. But uh, there's multiple guys. But regardless... The final point I wanted to make, and I brought up Joe Madden, I'm so confident in the Chicago Cubs team they're going to win the World Series is because of Joe Madden. Above everything else, you have a calming influence in your clubhouse who establishes a philosophy, who establishes a culture, even with a guy with baggages and Chapman, and I voice my opinions on Aroldis Chapman, but Joe Madden is so even-keeled. He is so down-to-earth, and he understands every single situation. He understands he has playoff experience himself. I mean, he took this 97-win Cubs team to the NLCS. This was a team last year that wasn't even expected to be good, and they made it to the NLCS. So well, we got the wild card and then able to win the wild card. That was like, oh, we're happy so to be in the NLCS. It's team. like, holy shit, we beat the Cardinals? They're going to win it all. This is it. This is the year, guys. I hope They're so. They're doing it. And you want to know who I hope we play in the World Series if we get there? I got to say if because nothing's written in stone. I want to play the Red. I want to play the Red Sox. What a story that would be. Because I David want, Ortiz, I want former to see, Theo Epstein. I want to see Ortiz, Grandpa Ross, who's walking away from the game with the hardware. That's what I want to see. A lot to look forward who's to. Who's walking away? If if you were saying, Ricky, you gotta pick another team that's not the Red Sox, I want the Indians. Oh, sure. Theo Epstein, 68 his years former or 64, manager. Sixty four since the either, Indians won. Either way a drought's dying. I would hate to see the Cubs lose to Cleveland. I can't have Cleveland winning two championships That's a little in one much, calendar huh? league or one calendar year because you know the Browns ain't going to win. Sure. Shit. But, yeah. Ugh. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to October baseball. October is going to be stressful. It's going to be a it's lot of fun. Stressful. The Chicago Cubs are on the brink of clinching the NL Central. The first time they're NL Central champs since 2008. Guys, thank you for listening to this Cubs section <laughs> section of the podcast. I want to move on, though, to some other sport that will be in, fl- in flux. Is that? Doubles. 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 Sorry, I got a heart attack over here. Doubles and bratwurst over here. That <laughs> dead make a baker's dozen there, Bob. Hey, we're going to talk about some Bulls basketball <laughs> in September, huh? Why not? <laughs> and we've got uh, over here with us uh, the, the greatest basketball player to ever Put the grease on the court. <laughs> da, Ernest. <laughs> I'm so excited, really, to just talk about the Chicago Bulls. I'm glad to be able to talk about Bulls with you because I will say this, and I know they're going to hear this and then give me shit this weekend. Well, Dave will. Sean's not going to be on the fast break this week. Spoiler alert. Am I? But you are. All you right. Are join us. All right. However. I don't know anything about basketball. Whenever, whenever we mention the Bulls on the fast break, it is... Just complete negativeness from Sean. Yeah, well, Dave's kind of like he wants it to be good, but he does. He just thinks it's going to be exciting. I'm the most optimistic for this Bulls team, although I know we're not going to win a title. See, that's <laughs> that's it. That is it. The season's over already. The Chicago Bulls aren't going to win a title this year. We're not going to win a title. It's, they're not. And you know what? They they just gave up valuable drafting position. They gave up valuable years of development in terms if you wanted to go in a direction where you want to develop younger players. And then Mike Rankin just makes the conversation completely because negative. Because that's the mind. Ricky. <laughs> Ricky. You've been on behind the I don't, in the past. I don't think. I want to be positive about the Bulls. I here's do. Here's my thing. I don't but I can't. think it's going to be... As bad as everyone says it's going well, to no, be. Well, no, they'll be a six seed. Like, I don't think, like, everyone's treating this 
Like it's the end of the world. It's just and frustrating, I don't think it Ricky. Is. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, well, it's frustrating, Ricky. But I really believe that now we can bit like this team is Jimmy's team now. D-Wade, D-Wade to me, I know that he only came to us because Pat Riley's a douche and basically wouldn't give him his money. That's why we got D-Wade. Because Pat Riley said, you know what? I ain't going to pay you for no matter yeah. what you did here. And Pat Riley is only thinking about the business, which he should. That's his job. But I think D-Wade can come into this team and be to Jimmy what an older Shaq coming out of L.A. was to a young D-Wade. Rondo, to me, is irrelevant. He's going to be here this season, and then he's going to be gone. Because that's how. even though it's a two-year contract— they have it built in that he could be gone at the end of sure. this year. I totally think he's gone at the end of the year. And I don't know if this is going to happen. I think it should. Gibson gets traded by the deadline. Oh, Trade him. Trade Ricky. him for picks. Do you... Do you, are you, have you been watching the Chicago Bulls? Have you been following the Chicago Bulls? This front, it's not going to happen. This front office That's why I said it's probably not going to happen. But that, that's what it would be like to me. Let D-Wade be... Like, it's Jimmy's team... D-Wade can be the older vet behind Jimmy. You trade yeah. Taj, let Bobby Portis be the starting power forward. Rondo kind of plays the year out with us. He's done after the year. Yeah. We get somebody and maybe draft a point. Like, how many years have I been saying, and I and I can't say that the Bobby Portis one was necessarily bad, even though I wanted Tyus Jones. I've been happy with that. But uh, I still remember doing a Bulls draft reaction with Mark Weber. For the Tony Snell draft. Right, and people bashed How you. many New Mexico fans were like, he's going to be good. I saw his game. He's garbage. He's trash. What has Tony Snell done he's for us? He's trash. That was Murphy's an awful not draft even pick. on the team anymore. It was an awful draft pick. And you know what? The Chicago Bulls direction that I wanted them to take. And you know what? I wrote about this as soon as the, uh, the Dwayne Wade signing went down on MVP. You guys can check it out. It's still up there. It'll be there for a while, I'm guessing. It's going to be there forever. So It's online. It's always there. It pisses me off because... With this front office, and I was so prepared, Mm -hmm. really, to go in in one direction where I can actually look ahead to certain guys that you can build around. They drafted a nice player in Denzel Valentin, right? They drafted a nice player in Bobby Portis. They hit on that. Doug McDermott, I think, benefits from playing with Fred Hoiberg and his system. And and with Fred Hoiberg's system, you bring in guys who can't shoot. They're going to be the worst three-point team in the league. Uh, really, their their jump shots. Ugh. I I believe the joke that Dave makes on the fast break. It's a bunch of dry, drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick, See, drive and kick. And you know what? And they signed Miritich. Miritich looked awful last season. I mean, he had spurts where he played okay. I'm just really upset, I guess, in the direction. And I've said this over and over again of where the Bulls wanted to go. When they signed Rajon Rondo, I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Are you serious? You're going to bring in a guy who, who clashed with his last two head coaches and there was problems with Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler together who wouldn't work with Fred Hoiberg. And even your guy, uh, Joakim Noah, who's gone now, couldn't work with Fred Hoiberg because they, there wasn't a relationship established. It was just such a mess last year. And you're bringing in guys like Rajon Rondo to further... The, the, you're not getting better that way, in my opinion. And I'm not going to even bring well, up the fact that you could have traded Jimmy Butler. My biggest thing is... We have who we have on the team. Let's wait and see what they, like. There's nothing. No, 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 no. I'm not saying like, oh, let's wait. Maybe they surprise us and win the title. I'm not that delusional. Right. But I'm just saying, let's see. Like, everybody, it's like, pump the brakes a little bit. To quote Aaron Rodgers, who I know Chicago fans yeah, hate come across his desk and smack you across R-E-A-R-R-E-L-A. the face. R E A R R E L A. English is hard, guys. R E L A X. Yeah. Relax. Relax. Let's wait and see a few games. Let's see this team actually play before we make a ton of assumptions. Can you agree on this? Uh, how were they defensively last year? Bad. Bad defensively. Not that good. <laughs> bad, bad. This year. Well, I mean, did, they're they're no uh, LeBron James. I'm not saying they have to be good. that, but my God, in transition, they got they didn't even run down the court, and even in their sets and on offense. Oh my, yes. I'm sorry. Even on the defensive side, nobody could guard a pick and roll. Well, hey, Steph, and, and now Steph Curry is. He's shown that you don't have to play defense to win MVP. He's Steph Curry. 
He's also we, got Clay Thompson, who plays tremendous defense. Do the Chicago Bulls have a construct of one of the best balanced no. lineups as the Golden State Warriors do? Absolutely not. But on defense, we saw it last year, and I know Paul Gasol was a big part of this, and they they upgraded really defensively with Robin Lopez. Mm-hmm. It's a... It, did they upgrade defensively? Not really. Rajon Rondo doesn't play any defense. Dwayne Wade will average around 16 games hurt, so he's going to miss because he's old and his knees are shot. They're six years late on Dwayne Wade. He he doesn't play see, any but, more defense. See, but that, like, and I know there's some people that are saying, oh, well, D Wade's going to sit some games because well, he's, he's old. But I don't see that, like, I'm not really concerned about that because, okay, the games he sits, Denzel Valentine gets to go in there. Well, sure. And that really what I'm looking for this season. And really, I see that the, as a positive because, yeah, you, you know, you want to see the development of these well, younger players. People are going to say, well, basketball is different than football. You can throw a rookie in in basketball and they can do fine. Well, unless they're LeBron freaking James, or I'm even going to throw like a Ben Simmons in there, unless they're like the greatest thing since sliced bread. We've seen rookies in the NBA struggle. So maybe this is a way for, okay, when D-Wade needs to take a day off, okay, we're going to ease Denzel Valentine into a starting role because let's be honest, he's the future of this team at shooting guard. Just like I believe Bobby Portis is the future of this team at power forward. And that's why I think the biggest MO, if you said, Ricky, what is one thing that needs to happen this season for you to sit and go, okay, it was a pretty good season. Trade Taj Gibson. See, but that's if, the one move. If I could pick one move to happen this season and only one, that's got to happen. And I guess people surrounding the Chicago Bulls and who follow Chicago Bulls have this conversation over and over again. We always suggest gotta get that rid of them. Taj Gibson should be traded, and especially with that contract, it's kind of hurting well, the Bulls. But Taj Gibson is a very solid player. And let me let me tell you this: it's not about how his play; it's about what we can get. Exactly, for him. exactly. But at this point, if the if the Chicago Bulls are competitive, right? Say around the deadline, and you're in the middle of a say like you're you're like a seven seed, and you're right in the mix. I still do it. They're not going to. That's not no. how this front office and operates. The reason why I do it is if you don't do it, it's Pogasol two point Look at what happened last year. He, this they is the, totally this blew is that. the last year of Taj Gibson's contract. If you don't do it this year, it's. Pogasol 2.0. Yeah, I was really hoping that the Bulls picked a different direction than they really, went this offseason. You didn't, you didn't get nothing and basically let Pogasol go play for the kind of, not the super team, but the a championship o- contender. always going to be their good team sure. in the Spurs, coached sure. by old man Popovich. And they got nothing for him. That's, that was it. And they had a nice little deal coming back. What was it, Macklemore and Costa Kufos? Mm-hmm. I would have taken that any single day. I would have taken almost anything, any return. For any Powell, return. a bad... Aging center who doesn't play defense, who had no fit with the Chicago Bulls, but yeah, they, they expected him to be a part of their core, and then he walked this off season. It just doesn't make it. That's how this front office operates. They justified the Rajon Rondo signing with, oh, he's a great passer, oh, he's a proven point guard, you know, consistent, uh, you know, you rely See, on him. The Rajon Rondo thing doesn't really bug me. I that can't much. stand it. Only because he's going to give you production. Did there. you really want Grant being sure, your right, starting right, point right, guard? Right, right, right. And you know, right now we needed the, somebody. But you sure, could, you could also blame. Oh, I you could also blame that I'm not fucking drafting a point guard years ago. Sure. And, God and, damn. And your point guard, really, who was um, a different player and a different personality that we saw when he came up. And we're talking about Derrick Rose, who's now in New York. It was just a disaster. And the Cubs, uh, the Cubs again. <laughs> the Cubs on my mind, man. They lost, by the way. I know, I saw. So we're gonna have to root for the Cardinals to lose or something. I don't know. But regardless, anyway, yeah, the Chicago Bulls. It was a little, a little, little Bulls talk for you in September. I, I, like I said, I'm expecting the Chicago Bulls to be a team that is competitive throughout the season. I expect them to be a playoff team around six seed or so. If they surprise me and get a four, because this week, uh, the East isn't weak anymore, but it is a very competitive Eastern Conference. So I'm looking forward to really, honestly, I'm kind of rooting for them to fail, only because I want Gar Packs to be fired so very badly. I need See, a new direction. a new. I just want a total new. Now, let me ask you this as we close up this podcast. Thank you all guys for listening. You guys are awesome. Let us know why we're idiots, but... <laughs> Let me ask you this. Does Dwayne Wade have any pull? Can he bring in anybody? I don't want to say yes, but the one thing 
I've said this before on the fast break, and it just sounds too good to be true, but I would love it. All the contracts kind of uh, kind of line up to bring a to have a team of Chris Paul, D Wade, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> what they a all pipe line dream. up. Well, and this is how you'd have it. There's. Uh, I wish that my computer didn't just die. I would pull up the Reddit post that this great redditor from Chicago kind of mapped out everything. If I had that starting lineup, man. Just throw LeBron at the five because he can play any position. You have Jimmy at the three, Wade at the two, Paul at the one. Fuck it. I'll have fucking Mello at the four. Just How are the Bulls going to gonna afford oh, them? They would have to take cheapy contracts just to play together. Yeah. Which anywhere they go, they're going to have to take cheaper contracts just to play with man, each other. Man, the NBA is a different breed. You see what Golden State has now with that super, super, super team. And they're not even a super, super team. They're triple super team. Yeah, they are. They, they are the super team. And if they don't win this year, it's, bad. it's, it's, it's not. Oh, it's very bad. It's, it's very it's bad. It's going to be interesting. Me? No, they, they had the reigning MVP, uh, a former MVP, right? Kevin Durant was an MVP. Mm-hmm. So he was he, that one was of the, the best complimentary that, players. That was in, the in Clay speech Thompson. where uh, he cried. Right, 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 props to his right. mom. Draymond Green still. They're they're stacked. They're absolutely stacked. But like I'm looking at now, like the the Tony Snell draft. Maybe like the only point guard we probably could have taken there was Isaiah Cannon, who I wouldn't have taken. Yeah, with I, that high of a pick. Is but he still in the league? I I, I think he was on the Sixers last year. Um, but the one thing that I'm looking at from that next draft, which was 2014, man, we could have, we could have went with, I mean, that was the one where I guess you could say like, oh, well, we could have drafted a Shabazz Napier or we could have gotten a point guard like Spencer Dinwiddie later. But I look at that draft as a total success because that was the one where we drafted what was it? The two or three guys mm-hmm. traded them to Denver for Dougie McBuckets. Yeah, that was a, that. I was which actually, I loved. I was actually very excited about. And that And then move. 2015 was the. I thought they should have went with Tyus Jones, but Bobby Portis worked out. It's just like, really, Derek. I'm gonna put it this simple: Derek Rose fucked us. Yeah, fucked us. Yeah, not by his injury. But by after the injury and his actions, yeah. to where we couldn't go out and get a point guard because we had Derrick Rose. We had, there's so much to go into that that Derrick Rose conversation. We don't he, have enough time because we're running out of it. He fucked us. Whatever. I'm sorry for the language. Happens, I guess. But hey, my final thoughts on the Chicago Bulls. I hope they fail. I want Garpacks fired, and uh, I really didn't appreciate. You know, even if they fail, he's not. They're not going to get yeah, fired. Yeah, the loyalty within the front Ryan office. I get it. Is like I get it. I get it. But I think. You know? I bet you I could slap Reinsdorf in the face, tell him he sucks, and if he liked me, he would not care. He would say thank you. Yes. Can I have another? <laughs> well, I don't know. Chicago Bulls, I guess, are going to be uh, succeed, but they're not a championship contender. It's not going to happen. I guess they um, are going to make their money being mediocre. So mm-hmm. I guess we can end it on that note. Ricky, it's been a while. It has. It's been a while since you were behind the pen. It's been a while <laughs> and since I last continue. saw you. So, gotta, gotta love the 90s tunes, no bad. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Most Available Pod. Sean Anderson's doing a really good job. And there. on Instagram, same thing. Oh, we're on Instagram now. Yeah, the pre, uh, you can see a picture of the pre-behind-the-pen dinner date we had. You know what? Go on Instagram because <laughs> it's, a, it's gr- a treat for that's you. It's a great picture, by Thanks, the way. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> also, nice little filter I used for you. Uh, filters. No filter hashtag. Hey. Uh, become a patreon patreon.com backslash motion it'll be a lot of cool things happening if you do become a patreon exclusive material for you also allows us to do more with less and what else am I missing uh, at rank 906 at Ricky Widmer on Twitter you can follow us there this has been the behind the pen we talked bears cubs bulls really going throwback show here really the roots so hope you guys enjoyed make sure you let us know in the comments below why we're idiots Thank you guys for listening as always. Check us out on blogtalkradio.com backslash most valuable podcast. We'll be there. Until next time, we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.